Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Scott Galloway is taking in a performance of his favorite play, Mamma Mia. So I'm joined by George Hahn, actor, writer, satirist, and according to the New York Times, urban raconteur, George. Kara. I'm so excited to have you here. Not as excited as I am to be here. Well, this is this. You are the final guest host of the this Scott Galloway does whatever the fuck he's doing, and and here yeah. you are. How are you? <laughs> so, what is an urban raconteur? May I ask? It's a very good question. That? That's what uh, yeah. Hillary Howard was. This woman, uh, the lovely woman who wrote this piece on me in the Times. I think it was back in April. Mm-hmm. And that word, because I guess I had gotten some attention for some videos I'd been doing on social yes, media, I which were really just this. sort of like performative therapy for me. Like, New York City's streets are like a fucking hellscape. I mean, there is like people and violence and like looting and fires everywhere. And like, there's just like, I mean, look at the streets are lined with people doing things like getting ice cream, gay ice cream, and they're getting like people everywhere, like getting dinner. I mean, it's like so scary here, you guys. And then people just sort of Mm -hmm. enjoyed it. And I did these morning walks, still do, every day, live on Instagram with the dogs. People enjoy that. And I'm someone Mm -hmm. who loves the city. I love city living. I like New York City living in particular. And I like talking Mm -hmm. about it. I'm a huge fan, proponent of sort of the efficiency of city living. I've always wanted this. And it's, I like, yeah, I love it. You love it. Okay, so that's a, you were just raconte of things that were there. But let's talk about your TikTok struggle. What, you keep getting suspended from the platform. What is, I'm interviewing the CEO of TikTok today. So let me know what to ask her. All right, so here's what's going on. I I do these, in these satirical, what I do performatively is satire. You know, I put on this character mm-hmm. of these days, it's like a kind of an anti-vaxxer sometimes, not all the time. It's only an experimental vaccine. We don't know what's in it. It's not proven to be effective. I only put natural things in my body. And the gist is I'm just sort of lampooning what I think are very unproductive attitudes uh, during this time. And um, right. I always break the fourth wall at the end, which I think makes it clear that it's satire. Right. So you're not an anti-vaxxer, et cetera, et cetera. No, 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 no. It's like, you know, I'm doing, it's like waiting for government or best in show, but at the end, I'm actually winking at you. You do winking rather well. Thank you. There is a rather vibrant, anti-vax, misinformed peanut gallery on TikTok, it seems. And I'm guessing, because I don't know specifically why my videos, some of my videos have been pulled down and I've been uh, suspended a couple of times, but- one note I got was hate speech. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a rabid yeah. crowd. And a lot of the, I get mostly good feedback, but the negative feedback. The, they are reporting you then? Yes, I'm being reported. And the negative comments generally are anti-vax comments like, oh, typical mm-hmm. libtard, um, soy boy, which I think is the 21st century soy term boy. for F-A-G. <laughs> I, whatever that means. Ouch, it hurts. Don't call me oh that anymore. Oh, my God. And, um, all right, all right. So yeah, we've been uh, called some things, George. Yes, we have. Is this as gay as Pivot has gotten, by the way, host-wise? No, it's when Scott's here. That's pretty much as gay as that's it true. You know, right. as you know, my mother is convinced he is gay. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's gay. He's gayer than you, even though he's not gay. Are you I gay? <laughs> that was tell so Lucky, fantastic. 
tell Lucky that I've been Lucky. around. I've hung out with Scott a couple of times now, and my gaydar does not go off at all. But he's one like Scott is. It the, doesn't. He's the kind of straight person, I, straight man we need more of, because he's so clearly yeah, very comfortable very... in his own skin, and he's not threatened, and he's lovely yeah. to be around, and I adore him. And he loves products. That's really pretty much how it goes with him. In any yeah. case, we've got a couple of topics for banter today. More drama over Jeopardy. They fired executive producer Mike Richards this week after two weeks. Richards stepped down from hosting duties for the uh, after the ringer found all those. They didn't find them. They were in plain sight. Those misogynistic and anti-Semitic jokes in an old podcast. They they were they first they took him off as host, and then they I couldn't believe they kept him on as executive producer. Um, and then yeah. you know it's sort of like watching someone fall down a fall down a set of stairs. So he's first executive producer and then puts himself in the running mm -hmm. to be the host. That's like, yeah, that's I'm correct. the executive producer of a show and then I'm going to give myself the lead role. Like, wouldn't it, like, yes. Yes. I don't know, does one, is the right way to go about it to sort of like recuse yourself of your executive producer yeah, I think duties? He did. He did. Uh, yes. Well, the whole job. Yeah. He shouldn't have been executive producer at all, but they keep like removing him from things. At this point, I kind of feel, even though these, these podcasts were just stupid, really. It's just sort of Joe Rogan on a light day, essentially. Um, right. They, uh, they, they were. It, it was just interesting that this Jeopardy, that this Jeopardy thing has gotten so much drama. Maybe they're trying to do this or trying to gin up interest in it, but it's a very popular show, and it, it's weird that they're making it. So, I'm hoping they just pick someone and then move on. But a lot of the people in it are going to be scrutinized now in a way that probably is unfair to some of them. Well, uh, uh, Katie said it very well in the last episode, mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially when you when you talk to young people, watch what you put online, yeah, because you will, you know, with this situation, what, it's, what it seemed like as I sort of loosely followed the story is that, mm -hmm. okay, he stepped down as host, and he was going to stay on as executive producer, and then the show or the, the, the powers that be realized, oh, this stink is not going to wash off, it's and not, this is not a good I, look for us, so let's just get rid of the whole thing. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't do it at once. That's a very famous, right. that's a, a thing to do is once you're on one trajectory, you got to keep going the whole way. You're supposed to, right. I guess, hire, what was it? Hire slowly and fire quickly. I guess that's the way they say it. In any case, speaking of firing, Representative McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy has threatened tech firms to, and telecom firms that comply with the January 6th committee's request for information about phone calls during that uh, incident. The panel asked companies to retain information and phone records relating to the attack, especially around some uh some politicians up on Capitol Hill. We know McCarthy spoke to Trump that day. And of course, he's changed his story, it seems like, several times. It was very serious at the time, and now it's not so serious. And Jim Jordan's been dragged in. And so he's threatening uh, these companies. And it's, a lot of people feel like it's obstruction of justice, not just trying not to do this committee, but now trying to actively obstruct justice. What do you think here? I think this is McCarthy's reaction and anybody opposed to this, they're reacting like people who have something to hide. Like if yeah. there's nothing to hide, what are you guys worried about? Why do you care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Plain and simple. And this was not yeah. a simple tourist visit. And all these ways they're trying to sort of like whitewash this whole thing like it was no big deal. Like forget yeah. about it. That's like, you gotta be kidding me. What do you imagine is going to happen? They're going to turn it over. I would assume they're going to turn over this thing. It's, it is, it's not a court proceeding precisely, but they have subpoena power and they're going to have an investigation. Right. And now Liz Cheney, has, what do you make of Liz Cheney? She, she is something else. I think she'd be an interesting candidate for 2024 from the Republican not ticket. Not happening. Not happening. Not mm -hmm. happening. No. no. I mean, she's positioning herself to be if Trump falls apart. That's the, uh, the alternate, right. you know. Essentially, the other white meat. Um, but when 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 she 
I don't, I think that she's, people are so angry with her within the current Republican Party for being, for telling the truth that it's a real problem for her, actually. Right. She defected. Yeah. yeah, she can run as a Democrat at this point. Kara, I don't know what to make of this. I mean, I guess we'll get into it later in the show, but like I, every day is another head scratch yeah. and another like this new weird GQP reality mm-hmm. show. I do think that Republicans who are sort of so fully on board with Trump and dare not defy anything that he launches, I do think that they are literally scared for their lives. Mm -hmm. Meaning if they go against him, because they've cultivated this rabid following that is, let's not forget, heavily armed. Right, right. So I think they're literally terrified for their lives to um, go against anything he says. It seems like it. It's real. This is, I'm like, good luck with the tech firms. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. They, they have more power right. than Representative Kevin McCarthy, even though he thinks he does. Um, but he certainly is. It, it, I, this guy has shifted so dramatically, um, as have many, like Indeed. Lindsey Graham, and we won't go into that. Um, but uh, but <laughs> that's just a, let's have a little chuckle to ourselves. Um, but um, but they, <laughs> they the, the 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 shift has been so vast and massive. Um, it's it, it and it mm-hmm. continues. It doesn't stop. You'd think after a while, Trump's. Imp- influence would fall off. But that's what I mean, Kara. I think these people, like, what what inspires someone to shift that hard and that rigorously is out of fear, literally, for one's mm-hmm. life. What else? Either their own physical safety or their political survival. What if they actually believe it? What if they actually shift it? I've seen shift in my family. They've become, like, I honestly can't talk to someone or, or don't want to. No, yeah, I know. It's it's um, real. No one in my family on that level, unfortunately. No, I do know it's real. I get that. But I'm also thinking about how, God, who was it? Uh, I've heard people who say, like, Republicans, when you get them in the green room, they mm-hmm. say one thing, but once they're well, in front of a camera, it's a different Well, that's what happened to person. Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson did the same thing. You know, he said that Trump, or that Biden was duly elected, and then he goes on camera and acts like a, a lunatic that right. has become publicly. In any case, media world, last thing, Politico has sold for a billion dollars, allegedly. It's one of these Reese Witherspoon numbers <laughs> um, to a parent company, Axel Springer, while Vice is back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Reese Witherspoon. I like Reese Witherspoon. I'm glad she made some money. I Vice do, is but I love the phrase Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Vice's SPAC is dead yeah. after its merger talks with 7GC. Oh, no spacking for them. That that company's sort of fallen from grace a little bit. Um, so let's start with Politico. George, can re- you recap the soap opera for us? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I got the reading assignment. I did my homework because okay. I wanted to impress okay. the teacher. So uh-huh. like... It's a uh, rich boy starts a media company and then he pulls these people yeah. on board and then it's sort of like it's like dynasty. It's like I'm imagining uh-huh. Diane Carroll and Joan Collins shoulder <laughs> oh, pads wow. and everything. I'm going to leave your media company and I'm <laughs> going to go start a media company of my own. Yeah, and not only yeah. that, I'm going to yeah. take some of your best writers with me. Yeah. And then yeah, you can't yeah. do that. Watch me. And then look yeah. at this. It's like, girls, you're both pretty. You're both pretty. Yeah. Axios. I you know, I this, was, though. may I say, I was at a dinner with them. Um, it's Albritton. Mr. Albritton is the owner, the rich guy. I covered his father, mm-hmm. who was a banker, a local banker. He owned Riggs Bank. Um, and this guy was fascinating. He was, he was very not 
tall, I guess we would say. And he had chairs. I, I swear to God, his chairs were lower if you were sitting across from him, so he would seem taller. But in any case, he was a real character, you know, real Washington, D.C. sort of local business character. And then I had dinner with him and uh, uh, Jim uh, Vanderhey when we were thinking of what to do with Recode and eventually went to Vox about merging with Politico. And the, I had dinner at Zuni in, in San Francisco, and it was like talking to like George and Martha from uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? They two of them that we were talking, and and they were and I was like, I'm not merging with these people. They hate each other. And afterwards, if if you existed, I'd divorce <laughs> right, exactly. you. Exactly. And I literally was like, first, there's the rich guy who's not as smart as the other guy, right? And then, and very nice guy, but you know, just like he's, he's his money is his most interesting aspect. And then Jim, who's very entrepreneurial, but can be a little edgy, in, in and and that's sort of a nice version of it. And it was it was the most unpleasant dinner. And I'm like, I'm not getting near you two. Like you're breaking up. This is this family is not going to be. I'm not joining a family that's going to be divorced in a minute. And then this happens. Right. It's really it's it was really something. Something anyway. I like Axie. I will give. Uh, yeah, I understand all of that. I um, and I like Axios as well. Um, and all Britain to me, as I looked at this story, it's like, yeah, a guy born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but didn't do too badly. Like he no. did something that we'll never see Don Jr. or Ivanka do. Like, no, I got to say, I wish I had sold to them now because I would have had uh, right. Reese Witherspoon money. Um, but no, I love Vox. But it, <laughs> nonetheless, I, now I'm like, I should have endured the, the pain in any case. In any case, George, on to our first big story. The Texas law banning abortions after six weeks went into effect yesterday. The law prohibits abortions once cardiac activity can be detected in an embryo, which is very early. The law also allows, this is the sort of twist, allows private citizens to sue abortion providers and anyone else who gives, who helps a woman obtain an abortion in Texas, including even an Uber driver who might have given a woman a ride to the clinic. The law makes no exception for rape or incest. The Supreme Court refused to block the ban or has not, materializing a huge threat to Roe versus Wade. So, what do you think? Under his eye, yeah. Where are we in the Handmaid's Tale? <laughs> Blessed be the fruit. Blessed be the fruit. Blessed be the fruit, dear. Not to joke about something so serious, but let's... No, but to joke, but to not to joke, I tweeted something yesterday, uh, and that is this, that why men think they have something to say as much as they think they want to say about this, when their contribution to the reproductive process lasts six or seven seconds, maybe eight if it's been a while, and women for the next mm -hmm. nine months, and then you know feeding the baby, breastfeeding afterward, do all the heavy lifting. All right, this is the this is the women's mm -hmm. show here, and men want a piece of this action, right. like they've got something to say here. It's dictatorial. This is, I think Janet Jackson said it best in the first five seconds of her 1986 Smash album, Control. Okay, this is a story about control. Yes. Okay, right, yeah. like. It's about power and control. This is full Handmaid's yeah. Tale. That's yeah. one thing. The other thing, as it relates to Roe v. Wade, as I understand mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade in 1973, also Texas, uh, with the same issue, uh, the Supreme Court, as I understand it, felt that Texas's laws or whatever regarding abortion violated a woman's constitutional right to privacy. This mm -hmm. is about privacy. Mm -hmm. So what is it about this new situation that is also not a violation of privacy? Is it the state saying, well, we can't legally do it, but you citizens, we're going to empower you. Listen, 
do a little dirty work for us, violate a woman's privacy for us, we'll give you 10K mm -hmm. and we'll cover your legal expenses. Like, am I wrong? Well, you know, it's, I, I think it, it's just this constant chipping away of Roe versus Wade for over the years. And it's been, right. uh, for, for whatever you think about what they're doing, it's rather clever way to sort of chip away and chip away and chip away at Roe versus Wade without overturning it because that was not possible. And so they make it difficult for these, right. these places to operate. They make it difficult to get there. They make it difficult. They make them smaller and smaller. And so they keep continuing to sort of chip away at the ability to do this. And now this new law where anyone in the United States can sue these abortion providers or anyone who helps them adds, you don't know who to, who to attack. You know, there, you can't like before it was with, between government and, and these abortion clinics. Now anybody can sue them. So it creates, a, you know, a legal liability here. That's really, you could start to do this on a lot of things. And from what I understand, and what's interesting is even, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram hid posts tagging uh, tagged with the name of two abortion-inducing drugs on Wednesday. Facebook said the, the terms were blocked by mistake and mm -hmm. unblocked them. On Instagram, some of the posts are still hidden. And so people are nervous of being liable under this law. This is, I, most people, like a lot of these laws, like in Florida, social media companies, et cetera, don't think they're going to hold up in court. But it's really this way to violate, you know, this right established under Roe versus Wade. Um, and then not like there's it, it, if you're willing to do anything and i think a lot of people said this that the, the the right has come to play and the left is sort of or the the liberal side is like letting letting this happen over and over again and doesn't have a lot of good tools to stop it the attacks on roe v wade are not new they're not going to stop i think this one went like if you they wanted to get serious traction for mm -hmm. the long term mm -hmm. Go for the haircut or the bang trim. The, with this, they want to they want to shave the whole head. But they've been doing that. They've been doing that. But they want to shave the whole head. Yeah, a haircut here and there, a bang trim. But this one, I think, for the long term, I would like to think anyway, is going to be a bad look. Well, in the long term, I don't know. Uh, for Texas and business, like look at the money, like you know, in, as far as attracting talent, well, doubling down medical on talent, vaccine like, mandates. They're doubling down on all this stuff. They they're they're staking out a position, and whether you agree with that position or not, yeah. it's really rather dramatic. They're making it. You make a dramatic choice, which I think is an interesting way to do this. And a lot of people don't seem to. To, you know, there they were going to be states where things are terrible, and there's going to be states where things are not. Right. That we're back to the '50s, essentially. Well, voting rights, transgender issues, gay issues—they're going to come right back for that. If you remember, you know, you and I both remember what it was like. It was very no, but like hit them in the wallet. You know, uh, didn't TV and production, uh, film production companies like pull out of Georgia essentially and yeah, say like, "Listen, I just think it's we're going to take this party I guess, elsewhere." I guess I just don't. I think it's a very canny way to handle this is shipping away at things. And I think what's difficult is that you right. can, this playbook works for transgender. They are doing the same thing around transgender issues. They can move back to gay rights. Everybody yeah. should be able to do what they want around gay rights. You you just can you can just just see how this could shift rather dramatically in a way rights we thought we had uh, like Roe versus Wade or marriage rights could be shifted. And, I, and I'm not someone who's sort of, um, you know, hair on fire worried, but I, it makes me worried when I watch these tactics. Me too. Me too. Sorry, George. I'm bumming you out. No, but my, I think immediately my head goes to, okay, I hear this. I've absorbed it. It's making me furious. 
And I just sort of have this sort of gangster reaction, like, okay, how do we fire back and really kick them in the nuts and make it hurt? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know like, hit them in the wallet. There's an old saying that the, the, it, it, with breakfast, uh, the difference between the chicken and the pig. Hmm. The chicken is involved, but the pig is committed. So uh, think about it, bacon and eggs. You got it? <laughs> they're, they're committed. That's true. They're committed. They are the committed. chicken is involved, but the pig He's is committed. Thank you. can take that away. You I'm going to steal that. that. You're going to steal that away. You can put I it will. on your rock hunter. That's thing. my takeaway today. <laughs> they are. They will. <laughs> I think they play us almost. You're rather clever. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Do, do do an impression for me. The chicken is involved, and the pig is committed. Mr. Han, you're a rock hunter. Where do you get these <laughs> I things? I need you to put well, that on your rock hunter. But don't rock hunter today. Don't go out in the bad weather. All right, George, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Joe Rogan getting COVID and take a listener mail question. George, we're back with our second big story, all things anti-vax and anti-mask. We just talked about this. Uh, Firstly, podcaster Joe Rogan tested positive for COVID-19 five days ago, according to his post on Instagram. I got up in the morning, got tested, and turns out I got covid Rogan has been skeptical of vaccines and got heat for suggesting younger people may not need it and could survive any problems. Um, in other anti-vax news, an Instagram user known as Anti-Vax Mama has been charged with selling fake vaccine cards. This is not unexpected. She was selling it for $200 or for uh, $250 more. She said she would enter their name to the New York State Immunization System so they could pull it down digitally. She supposedly sold about 250 of these. If this was happening in plain view, how many people are doing this without getting caught? Obviously, Someone did get caught, a woman trying to get into Hawaii, and she mm-hmm. she's misspelled Moderna. And then lastly, I know, Moderna. <laughs> so on brand. Delicious. It's what my my grandma Dorothy used to call Madonna in the 1990s was one tweet I thought was great. <laughs> <laughs> Moderna. Let's start Madeira. calling her that now. That's true. Um, in a in a really unusual move, the CEO of Sweetgreen, Jonathan, uh, I think it's name, and I interviewed him, is pushing salads as a cure for the pandemic, saying this in a LinkedIn post. Seventy eight percent of hospitalizations due to COVID are obese and overweight people. This is true. Is there an underlying problem that perhaps we're not given enough attention to? COVID is here to stay for the foreseeable future. We cannot run away from it. No vaccine or mask will save us. I, this wasn't well received, given it's coming from a guy whose business sells fifteen dollars salads, and he deleted the post. He was making a point that is not incorrect, but it felt a little bit tone deaf around the salad situation. Of course, everybody mm-hmm. there's lack of obesity causes all kinds of problems and bad bad eating habits, not just uh, making you vulnerable in COVID. So last one, you wrote on your social media accounts, you've been posting a lot of what you call aggrieved and furious white people spinning out and popping in public, most of over vaccines and masks. So there's a lady at a school board meeting. You got- These are demonic entities and we need to stick together. Remember, we have authority in Christ Jesus. You got a man in the airport. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, and a man in the San Diego Board of Supervisors meeting. Your children and your children's children will be subjugated. So tell me, I, this is a lot, George. I need you to com- commentate on this, yeah. you know, essentially uh, pre-offended, aggrieved, essentially white people in this case. So please, please go on, George. Well, it's. I think part of it is what it might be the Trump effect. I mean, this is like, take away the layer, like take away the pandemic layer. This, mm-hmm. I think, has been brewing yeah. in the pressure cooker for about six years now. You know, and the Trump effect, Trump didn't create this. He doesn't get mm-hmm. credit for that. But what he did do 
is kind of give permission slips for people to act out and exhibit some like bad behavior and foul ideas and bring them into broad daylight. He validated these people. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked to Don Lemon earlier this year on Sway, and he brought up something that mm-hmm. still rings in my head, this idea of the death throes of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Like there is this frustration or a fury or even a panic that we're in where these white people, like mostly straight white people, are seeing mm-hmm. a threat to their place in the power chair or their perceived entitlement or birthright. Mm-hmm. And that they're no longer guaranteed this like a birthright, like they had, been, like it had been for so long. And the inevitable change of things literally is scaring them. Um, our demographics are literally changing and people are, some of these people are freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then also throw on the pandemic, which has been an emotional, mental, psychological pressure cooker. Yeah, it's been a fucker. Uh, and some people are, yeah, walking around like powder kegs ready to blow and just pop. Like it reminds me of <laughs> like in Iron Man 3, when people are just sort of converted oh, to I like- I love bump. your references. You, you, uh, you, you like the Marvel universe, apparently. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. But like, for those who haven't seen it, no big spoilers, but like uh, the villain has weaponized people and turned them literally into explosives and they just like infuriate, mm-hmm. they get hot and then they explode. And that's like mm-hmm. literally what we're seeing. And then maybe in some cases we may be seeing, and I'm not making a, a light or a joke here, but like in some cases, maybe a little mental illness. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I, I put a big maybe stamp on that, but still. How do you, how do you change that, George? I mean, it, it's, it is. It's, it's, I call it sometimes people are pre-offended or aggrieved, persistently aggrieved. I'm not this mad about all the shitty gay shit that went on for me, and I'm sure you. I don't know what the solution is. Like, things that don't cost money, but we can, like, be smarter, mm-hmm. be happier, be funnier, be more clever, be a bigger blast on the dance floor, uh, be better in bed. I don't know. Is that the solution to just sort of like be that example, well, to be the kind of no. person that others might want to be attraction, not promotion, instead of shoving it in people's faces? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I feel like what a lot of them are like, be nicer. I be nicer. Be coddling. I am so out I of coddling. I am so out of coddling, and it does remind I me am, of many that's years what's ago. Got me in trouble. Yeah. What? Oh, coddling? Are you a coddler or not? No, not coddling is I think what part of what got me in trouble on TikTok. Right, right. It's true. I just feel like it reminds me of when years ago, my mom bought different presents for someone I was dating versus my brothers. And I, I literally, I, I got infuriated. I know it's a small thing, but I was, it was like one of those every week, that kind of thing. And, um, and I, at one point I was like, I, you know, I, she was nice to me about something. And, and she said, look, I was nice. And I said, that's not, you know, that's the lowest bar you could have, uh, you know, for, for me, like being nice is not something else. And I eventually got around to the idea that I don't negotiate with terrorists. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like, this is not something. And some of this stuff is, <laughs> feels like, it, it, it feels like terrorism. It's, it, you know, I have a small daughter, as you know, and it makes me nervous, like why someone would be wanting to do this. And I get the argument over masks and the controversy over, you know, having to take a vaccination, but it, it, I understand it, but at some point, really, I do and I don't. I, I do a little yeah. bit, but I don't because we have to do it everywhere else. So, it's there's no. Is, do you have a solution, George? I need a solution. Right, that's what I mean. You. I really do. You're bumming me out today. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right here. Like, I, oh god, tough, tall order. I got. I, I, I lift, lift Kara. Lift Kara. Um, I gave up. I, I gave up long ago, relying on getting that kind of comfort mm-hmm. from other people. Um, I gave up trying, like I said to my niece, uh, when she went to college and she graduated, she did super well. She went to Boston University, got amazing grades, was a superstar on a rowing, mm-hmm. uh, team. She's my goddaughter and 
Now she's kicking ass out in LA in real estate. So I said to her, do not ever compromise what you're good at, who you are for the sake of someone else's comfort. Fuck them. You know, like I'm not, I'm not squeezed. I'm not going to like compromise or put a part of myself on the shelf or like get some wrong answers on purpose so that someone else feels better, smarter, or make them feel less than or something. And I just, I kind of don't care how anybody feels about this. Does that make any sense? Well, except that it has political power. Like, how long is it going to last? When is it going to... I had an argument with someone when they were like, we, no, none of the elites come out to the Midwest. I'm like, I don't see you all here in San Francisco in the Castro with me and the naked guys. You're not trying to understand my life. By the right. way, the naked guys in, San, in my neighborhood, they're back. I'm so happy to see them. That was one moment. Mm-hmm. I, every time I see I, them, I'm but, happy about Okay things when I see them walking around the cast are completely naked. Greg, Kru- Greg Proops, one of my favorite comics, who's out there a lot, had my best joke about that. He's like, the, you know, the naked guys, mm-hmm. it's never a buff these guys dude. They're always these guys who have a body like... Yeah, they are. They look Oh, like- they are? Because like, uh, he always said that they always have a body like that like that map of Earth when it was one continent. <laughs> no, don't be a Lucas. Don't be a gay Lucas. They look fantastic, by the way. FYI. Because right now you can't be totally naked in San Francisco. No, you have great. to wear something around your little altogether. And so they wear little gold like bags. Really quite lovely. But is it attached levels. by string? Like, is there anything around the waist or is this? I don't know. I didn't get close enough to look. I didn't. I don't know. George, I'm not, I'm not taking a moment to stare at the joke. <laughs> In any case, a lot of these things, you know, you have someone like Rogan, who is, who is obviously very talented in many ways and very appealing to mm-hmm. a lot of people doing this. And I think he truly believes it. I don't, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what. You know, there's things I like about him, and then there's things that are just appalling. Um, how do you mm-hmm. get someone like that? I guess he's just not. He's just going to just do this because he wants to. You're not. I, I don't think. Like, you know, Scott has brought this up. When you give someone, when you tell a young man that he's Jesus, he'll tend to believe you. Like, yeah. I think Rogan is kind of getting a little bit of a Messiah complex, I wonder. Yeah. Even he has said, don't take me seriously when it comes to yeah. certain things. And isn't the jury out yeah. whether he's been vaccinated? I don't know. I, I just don't know. I think the jury's out. And also, his followers who will like are very loyal, as we know, and will kind of oh, do and me. believe anything yeah. he says and does and believes. Another superhero reference, with great power comes great responsibility. I think he can be a little flippant with it and irresponsible. Um, I don't know. I know that in my own you know, microscopic climb, as it were, over the last year, I find myself thinking a little bit more before I hit tweet, you know, like, got to be careful, the audience is bigger, right. And so, um, Rogan's not always been my cup of dewormer, but um, Mm -hmm. he does have his following. (laughs) And um, don't call it dewormer. I just got lectured by someone. Don't call it dewormer. It's used in humans. It's like not much. No, it isn't. My brother's a doctor. He said it's not. It's I know it is. Invermectin is not designed for humans. What excuse? I I understand. I I, there's a lot. There's if you follow certain people, they go on and on and on about it. But I'm not talking about the dewormer. Just get the fucking vaccine. Yeah, get that. You know. Yeah, and then watch me get in more trouble on TikTok for trying to say the same thing. But with Rogan, as with Trump. You know, yeah. I saw his TikTok or his uh, rather his Instagram video and he's gotten the best of medical care and he's gotten this cocktail, that cocktail. It's mm-hmm. like, OK, great. But you're a millionaire. He's mm-hmm. a rich guy who has access to things that the average person will not have. So it's not a fair comparison for yeah. uh, like 
a kid in his college dorm listening to Rogan saying like, oh, I'm going to be fine too. Buddy, yeah. you don't got Joe's money. So no, yeah, you don't have it. Like you do not you. have you don't have regenerate the ability to get it. Actually, these infusions cost quite a lot, and which is really compared to the vaccine, which is very inexpensive. Right. Anyway, George, we're going to pivot to a listener question. Roll the tape. You've got you've got. I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Bonjour, Kara. My name is uh, Bertrand. I live in the border between France, uh, Belgium, and Albania. So very difficult for you to identify my accent. What is it like to work with such a formidable genius that is the hound, that is the dog, the expression of masculinity? It's just strong like both. Love this show. Again, this is Bertrand. Definitely Bertrand. Big fan. Oh, Scott. Scott, get back in here. He's in the other room. No. He's in the other room. <laughs> I was last night. And he managed to get, he get managed chaps. to, he's, get those not an chaps off and get over here. <laughs> that's not an accent. He's trying to talk through a gag ball. Scott, knock it off. <laughs> Water later. <laughs> uh. What's your safe word, George? <laughs> what the is safe it? Word, the safe word is maybe. <laughs> oh Scott, we are missed you so much. But seriously, what's it like to work with the jug? What do you? What you guys have actually met in person? You and I have not met in person. What? What no, was that haven't. like? What was that like? I, I honestly care. I was actually nervous the first time mm-hmm. I met Scott, and I thought, like, what's this going to be like? Because we would joke on Twitter, like, my future ex boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. How's very, that going to fly in person? Had a lot it's of different. Tension. I have a lot of sexual tension. Lots of sexual tension. Like, is he going to like, like? climb all over me? Is it going to be weird? No, I, Scott and I, I feel a very nice rapport with him. I think he's a, a genuinely a very smart guy. I know he's talked about like maybe not doing media after a few more years. But, you know, speaking of J- Joe Rogan, who's got this influence over young male minds, I think Scott has the same kind of juju, if you will, but in a much more positive way. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott to me is someone who is He's got the money and he knows how to make the money. So that's impressive. There's the honey that draws these bees in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he will talk about things that, that relate to the soul and his humanity. You know, you get him to talk about his mother and he gets emotional. This is like, this is a guy who cares. And that's very touching to me. Um, he's got a depth and um, I'm not just blowing smoke here in his absence no. or whatever, but that's genuinely how I really feel about him. I think he's a good egg. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. We're being, there I'm really not, is. There is a lot there. And it's really, people always ask me, it's interesting being back in San Francisco because we have a lot of fans here too. And I haven't been here in two years and people literally are like, what's he like? What's he actually like? And it was really, you know, or I like when you stick it to him and this and that. And mm-hmm. I was like, in the, or they asked me what surprised you. I said, he's actually a really lovely man. He's yes. Really lovely man. Also an asshole, but still. Yes. But go, yeah. Anyway, um, Scott, thank you for your question. <laughs> that was a fun question. We want to hear more. If you've got questions you're curious about, go to nymag.com slash pivot and submit it for the show. All right, George, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Okay, George, uh, this is a portion of the show where you have to seem very smart. I want a real prediction. Give us this week's prediction of something you think is going to happen. The mullet will make a comeback. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it never left. Um, 
It never left. Good. Joan Jett forever. Um, I've been to, since movie theaters opened back up, I've been to the movie theater four mm-hmm. times. And I think this sort of, I've listened to every, almost seen? everything you took. I saw uh, A Quiet Place 2. Um, mm-hmm. I saw Black Widow. I saw right. the new Ma- the new the Matt theater. Damon situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. And I saw, oh God, I saw Candyman. I don't know. I'm still, uh, which was uh, not. I, I I like horror when it's done well. And you since literally Peele, risk COVID for Candyman. Okay, all right, all right, go ahead. Go and ahead. by the way, they weren't they weren't checking vaccinations when I went into the theater. No, um, yeah, but As that doesn't said, go into effect. I, don't I feel guess like they, until, this is a tough thing for businesses. But here's they have it here in predict- San Francisco. They do check them. But go ahead. Go ahead. But I do, I do like going to the theater, and also I think people are going to want to dress up again and get out of like, the, you know, the clothes that adults are wearing in Wall-E or the humans are wearing in Wall-E because mm-hmm. that's what everybody's dressed like. I, I don't think the my, my prediction is that I don't think I think the twenty-five screen multiplex the sun is setting real hard on that. Um, you mm-hmm. talked to your guy from ArcLight. No, no, it was uh, Alamo Drafthouse. Pardon Tim me, T. I knew that Alamo Drafthouse. Yes. I think we're going to have a nice balance. Yes, I love streaming at home. I've tricked out my own system here with my Sonos surround and my nice screen TV. Uh, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I got to get out. You know, I'm not, um, and I like going to the movies. I like movies and I like the smaller scale ones. I really look forward so to going you, to What Alamo you're saying is you think house. they'll be smaller or what What do you, yeah. the sun has set or hasn't it set? I think the sun has set on the big multi-screen uh, multiplexes. Just not worth we're it. Gonna, Just not worth it. Yeah. Like I, I used to live in Hell's Kitchen, and our nearest theater, or one of them, was the AMC Twenty Five on Forty Second Street, uh, which you 25. dare never went near on a weekend. That yeah. you, you, there's no way that that's going to be able to survive. I think you guys talked about this when you talked uh, uh, about um, Alamo Drafthouse. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to go see, I had only seen the movie Network, for example, like at home by mm-hmm. myself, and then I went to go see a screening of it down in Houston, got a film forum. Mm-hmm. with an audience. It was a much different experience. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened to me when I saw a 70 millimeter restored print of Vertigo at the Ziegfeld. Glorious. Mm-hmm. You cannot have that at home. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and also, for those of us who have yet to pair off, we got to get out of the house. <laughs> Why aren't you paired yeah, off, especially... George? You seem like a very attractive man. Oh, you're sweet. But yeah. Grinder has been taken over by closeted married men and the clergy, what? so I need other options. <laughs> George, I'll think of something. You know, I, I'm very many married. I'm a many married person. I'm, I'm, yes. a, I'm a yes, indeed. And I keep. But having you seem children. super. You seem super happy and in oh, such a great place right now. My wife is great. My wife is amazing. I yes. love watching. I love how you talk about her oh, and the golden the child and how you tweet. It's just. It sounds so yeah, delicious. The golden and wonderful. child is lovely. She really. Is, she's wonderful. My wife is wonderful. Just so so much better than me. I have to say, um, in so many. I don't understand it in any way because you know I'm not getting prettier. Um, but uh, but I've been lucky in that regard. I've been very lucky. I think you're fantastic. Stop you, telling yourself, George. That. I appreciate it. That's good. That's that, I like your prediction. I think you're right. I do think it's going to be as you know. I've been angering. The reason Tim Lee came on sway was because he disagreed with the column I wrote saying just this thing. Um, but I do. I agree. It's it has to. May I was thinking the other day of going and taking my son who, here in San Francisco to the movies, and then I just was like, there's nothing good enough. If it was Bond, maybe. As you know, you and I have a great love of Bond. If, if it's Free mm-hmm. Guy, I love Ryan Reynolds, but not that much. 
right? right. It's, it's, I don't like them that much to like, do I really want to risk something, you know, the possibility, not that I think I'm going to get COVID. I'm not sort of one of those people, but, but also I know like all, all kidding aside, like if I were coupled off mm-hmm. and I had someone to like hang out with and spend my nights with, yeah, I might have a different attitude, but I single guy who does a lot of things alone, like doing things like that just to get out yeah. Yeah. of my cocoon because yeah. left to my own devices, you know, I can be a big isolator and that's not good for anybody. Yeah. You're the original social distancer. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> George, thank you so much. Are you going to get on The View? Is that going to happen? Is that a serious I've not, thing? Or you just are it making was it up? a joke. And then okay. people were, people, it got traction without any help from me. Um, <laughs> and I loved what you and uh, Stephanie, Stephanie, my other favorite media dominatrix. Yeah, she is a, she really is. She's got whips uh, and everything. So anyway, not she me. She slapped me so hard one night about something that I had tweeted in res- like, one of my videos. Why do spun I think she could have actually done that physically? But go ahead, keep going. I believe she would have if <laughs> she, she were in front of me. But yeah, like I had tweeted something that Megyn Kelly had spun out. It had oh, to deal with yeah, like Megan. Chris Cuomo tweeted it, and then Megyn Kelly caught wind of it, and then it got ugly. Yeah, <laughs> as do many things. Stephanie with pulled Kelly. me aside. She had pulled me aside in the private messages and just gave me like a yeah a verbal slapping. She's like, "Listen, yeah," and I was like, "Yeah, she's right." Yeah. And I Would love you her for you'd it. be good on the View? What they need a conservative. I think I, there was was a rumor Condi Rice is going on it. There's all these rumors of who's going to be the uh, the conservative person. I find it a little bit reductive that this is the way you have to do right. it. Like one one wrestler who wears all black, one wrestler who wears all white. I find mm-hmm. that kind of strange and reductive, but nonetheless, you would be. I excellent. do think it's reductive. I guess that. I agree. And thank you for your vote of confidence. And I think I would have a lot of fun with it. I think I'd, I do think I'd be very good. I, yeah. it's, it's, I think it's right for a shakeup, probably. I'm not calling the shots. If I were in the room where decisions were made, I would say, listen, let's, tr- let's at least try something new. But so far, I've not even been invited to have a conversation. Oh, let me see what I can do. Anyway, thank you, George. You can check out everything <laughs> George is working on at georgehan.com. That's H A. H-N. The link is in our show notes. And as always, you can submit a question to the show at nymag.com slash pivot. And we'll only have one episode next week because of the holiday. And guess who's going to be back? Scott Galloway. He's back. Daddy's home. Daddy's, Daddy's home. home. Dad, I like saying that. He's kind of a daddy. Anyway, enjoy totally. the long <laughs> weekend, everyone. George, I want you to read us out and I wanted you to do it with flair. I'll do it with pleasure. Since German <laughs> companies are buying up all these media companies, I've read it in German. <laughs> oh, no. Don't do that. <laughs> Thank you, Sergeant we want to buy your. We want to buy your blog. <laughs> um, <laughs> today's show was produced by Lara Naiman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie Indradot engineered this episode. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify, or frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next Friday for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Under his eye. Fantastic.